All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. Too much of anything isn't good for you. Live a life that's well balanced and don't do things in excess. Harmony is derived from being whole and complete. It's a sense of harmony. Balance isn't something you achieve someday. These are all quotes and things we hear all the time about life balance. But what does it actually mean to us? And what does it actually mean in practice? Today, I have with me the author of Live Your Dream Life, Andy Marshall, to talk about this exact topic and to help us sort of work out what does this whole balance thing mean? What does it mean to us? And I guess, what can we, how can we implement things in our lives or what can we pay attention to, to get closer to that ideal point? Andy, thank you so much for your time. Oh, it's, it's, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm here with a big smile on my face because you have articulated the challenge that, that I was trying to solve yeah. when I wrote the book because it was all about, well, what is balance and, and how do you achieve it? Because it, it just means, it means so many different things to so many people. And I guess it's such an obvious like, oh, yep, balance, I get it. Yes, we need life balance, work balance, relationship balance, this balance, health balance, food balance. But it, it has a different definition to each person and everyone's lives are so different as well. Um, you know, I guess where, where did, I guess, the curiosity for you start? Because I know that, I mean, this book was a journey. It, it isn't something I'm assuming you just wrote in a day. Um, where, where did it sort of begin? And was it an experience or was it just, I guess, something that you were really curious about that got you obsessed with the topic? Oh, that's such a good question because, it, it, look, it did start with a, a, a personal challenge. And this was saying, well, okay, well, I know I'm finding the balance between just four life areas being work, family responsibilities, which leads into money. And then I try to keep pretty active, so health. So those four areas for me were the ones that I was really focused on. And the other things that make us a rounded, centered person, so things like obviously time in our relationships and our our hobbies and our personal growth, our personal space, our social connections, I was finding that, well, there aren't 26 hours in a day. So if I was struggling to foster and look after all of those other areas of life, because my, my focus was on those first four, money, work, family, and health, I wanted to understand if other people were sharing that similar challenge and what could you do about it if, um, if that was the case. So it did start from a personal journey of uh, trying to figure out what was additionally important apart from those four main things and was there a better way to actually find this elusive balance but also to define it to define it for myself because what I did understand was that to be to be happy and have a a high level of satisfaction with life you need to have um, some outlets and it was just about defining what those were but also how will that fit into core focus 
Okay. And I guess, how does, how would somebody know if there isn't a balance in their life? Because I, sometimes when you're working so hard or you're too focused on one particular thing, you can sort of, you can ignore what's around you. You can ignore other things. Like, is there, apart from the obvious factors of somebody, you know, crying themselves to sleep every night, you know, is there anything, are there any smaller signs or anything that somebody should watch out for or, or something that may occur in their life? Because sometimes somebody can have an issue and it's, this has happened to me personally, and they won't actually realize it's a problem until somebody points it out or until something happens. Like for example, my whole life, I thought my eyesight was amazing. And I remember about 10 years ago, I was at the park. It was a family event. It was, it was an event or it was something. And a friend of mine had these plastic glasses, which I thought was pretty cool. Because back then, plastic glasses, I think, were just starting to become popular. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I just put them on for fun just to see what I would look like with glasses on. And I remember I was like, oh, my God, I can actually see the leaves on trees. <laughs> Everyone was just laughing at me. And I was like, no, I'm being serious. Like, I could literally see the leaves on trees. And to me, I just assumed for some reason, I just assumed that you're not meant to see the leaves on trees because you're standing that far away from a tree. And it was at that point I just realized that I had obviously an issue. And ever since then, I've been wearing glasses, you know. So it's, and also I was, you know, tired at night when I was driving and I had no idea I had anything to do with my eyesight because I thought my eyes were just kept, everything was just going blurry for no reason. So I guess in a way, would you agree that it's possible for someone to have an imbalance in their life and not really be aware of it as well? Oh, absolutely. And I, I do share your story of um, suddenly being able to see because, yeah, restaurant menus or if you've ever seen me look at my phone, yes, I know you can make the <laughs> the font size bigger on your phone, but exactly share the same. And it wasn't until it was illuminated and, you know, great an- uh, analogy magnified that the, the problem was magnified, you know, by, by the lens in your glasses or um, a lens on your life. And, yeah, you're right. I, I think a lot of people don't realize and I think there's a gut feel certainly stress is is a high degree and I think then that leads to are there issues with sleeping are there issues with communication with the the people around you Um, because all of this is intertwined so stress I think is is a really good pre-indicator sleep um, sleep disturbance is is another one as well and tiredness and, and feeling overwhelmed. And it's everyone goes through the dailies and, you know, at the end of the week you might feel overwhelmed, but we're talking about something on a continual basis and that's when you need to stop and just say, okay, hang on a sec, there's something not quite right about this. And so there's a whole range of uh, indicators, I, I guess leading indicators, but I, I really think that the degree to which you feel stress and how regular that is, which then manifests into into sleep disturbance or relationship issues, or just that ultimate intuition of, of just in your gut, you know, you, you're finding you're just going through the motions of things. But otherwise, until you actually stop and think, uh, that is a that is a huge um, wake up uh, illumination, as as to use your analogy, and yes. one of those life areas, particularly that we tend to find that isn't in balance is our own personal space, our own well-being, or in other words, just thinking about finding the space to be thinking about how we're thinking, and that's a critical one. And it's it's one of the life areas that we set to, uh, tend to spend little time on. And in, in amongst everything else, I think 
when you actually do stop and think and you realize if all the other life areas apart from the ones you're focused on, then you realize, okay, how do I fit these things into my life? And, um, and when we talk about values and goals, um, is it something that personally up until recently, I had no idea what my goals were. And when I say recently, I mean, in the last, you know, say seven or eight years, I sort of had an idea, but that was it. Is is that normal? Um, is that something that people normally know what they care about and what they should focus on? Or is it people simply literally just, you know, get, getting by and are they just, you know, going to work, doing their thing, exercising when they can? Um, you know, I know relationships is a massive thing that I've, you know, I've heard, I've heard you speak about and I'd love to get into that area as well. But is, is it normal for somebody not to know what parts are imbalanced? Because I know you, you've, just, you've spoken about, is it 11 different areas in mm. life? Yeah. That, oh, it's if you completely ask- normal. It's completely normal. And I don't think <laughs> anyone listening to this should feel, you know, somewhat inferior or feel like they're not cutting it if they don't know what their values or goals are. Okay. Um, that's completely normal. I think most people will just get by and they're simply getting by because they've prioritised things on the life areas that at a moment in time are the most important or the things that cause the most stress. And, yeah, you're right, you know, I, I studied um, the 11 life areas but also overlaid it with uh, real data on how people were feeling. So in addition to those main four, we have how much time you're spending with family, your personal space and well-being, right down to your home, your residence, your living arrangements, how you're feeling about that, your social connections, your hobbies, your intellectual growth and, and relationships on top of that, even philanthropy and, and charity or community giving. And there's your 11 life areas. And it's only once you sit down and have, actually have a look at those and what you'd like to achieve. Now, some of these might not be important to you at all. But what we find with most people from the study, they they do want to do better in these life areas, all of them. But it's the degree of prioritization that changes amongst people because people have different wants and needs. But yeah, you're right. Most people don't know. And it's not until you do stop and think about it or or are confronted with choosing your values or exploring it with someone else, um, being that a, a life partner or, or other, that you focus away from the things that are just your daily routine into the things that actually expand and grow you as, as an individual or a couple. So, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with not knowing what they are in an immediate sense. Um, some people are are lucky that they do spend a lot of time on this and, and explore it. But what our research found was that most people don't don't know their values and, and they're just, just getting things done. And what would you say is the main, I guess, the, the main constant or the, the main thing that most people would prioritise as number one? I sort of have a feeling as to what it's going to be. but Well, this was really interesting because you, you sort of innately think ultimately it comes down to the family, you know, people people will focus in on their family. That's the most important thing. That's their initial little tribe that you you really um, have your identity associated with. And that research actually showed that, that family wins, that people have placed a really, really high price on ensuring that they spend time with and cultivate their family ties as well as their social circle because we know families is a different definition for, for everybody. So, you know, someone who's in a city that they don't actually have any um, blood family will consider their family being the social group that they 
they associate with. But that's that's to a huge degree. We we found that seventy three percent of our global respondents, and there was over five thousand respondents to this survey focused and said this is the one this is the main one that they're focused in on and where does money sit in all that because personally with clients you know a a big part of what i do as an advisor is to be there and help people worry about their money to, to worry about other people's money so that they don't have to worry about it essentially or to take that away from them and i know that money has a big part or a severe impact on relationships i don't think that's a secret to anyone um where did you find that sort of fits into the whole puzzle as well? Look, it is it is one of the four major life stresses and consequently one of the areas that people do focus in on. But what is really interesting about is why. Because if you're just looking at money in a really one-dimensional sense, then it misses out on all of the other client life areas. So you draw that alignment between why is money so important? And you draw that to, well, if the number one priority, as our research showed, was family, fostering the family um, and the social needs and the, and the well-being of the family, then money and its alignment to providing to the family's needs, is, is that's where the importance is, that's where the connection is. So people are looking for this type of achievement or environmental mastery because of the alignment about money because of the alignment to providing the family goals so it's incredibly important but it's really connected to the outcome that people want to have as their main priority which is looking after their family okay and and what about relationships if we can talk about that as well and i guess what through your research and even in your experience, um, talking to people about these things uh, from a from a balanced perspective, where can what, what should people focus on on that area? Because I know some people that are so happy talking to nobody, and like they're so happy to be at home every day of the week. Um, they don't want to meet anyone new. They've got friends. I don't really want to talk to them. <laughs> they don't really talk to their family. Like they're, they're just literally like they're just so happy being hermits. You know, is 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 that normal? Like, if, is it? Do you think it's it's healthy for that person in the long run? The obvious answer is probably no. But I mean, is it healthy if that's what they want? And and what about those that are on the other side of the spectrum where they they've probably got too many relationships, no real close friends, and they're just mm. you know they're always out and about, but there's no one that they can really talk to if they wanted to talk to someone. Mm. Yeah. So I looked at this in from two different angles, and one was relationships in terms of love. And the other one was the the social connection. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying your own company and certainly, you know, kudos to the people who are so comfortable in of themselves that they don't have that over overarching need to always be um, with someone else, um, whether that's in a love relationship or in a social setting. You know, they, they're quite comfortable in their own, own skin and um, can really find great satisfaction i always you know when someone takes themselves to the movies and watches it by themselves i always like yeah go you like you know the fact that you 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 feel so comfortable doing that interestingly though in the in the in the research that i did for this book was that love relationships are right up there in terms of um what people were responding to saying that this was a priority and focus you know 60 of our respondents said that this is a really high priority, which means it's right up there. It's only just behind those first top four. However, because those top four were taking so much time, 
this was the area that people felt they were, for want of a better word, failing. They were they weren't hitting it where where they really wanted it to be. So there were people were looking for for skills and support to refresh, rejuvenate, or create create a, a create a love relationship. From a social point of view, this was the most challenging because what we found was that one in four people actually don't have someone to share their moments with. And this is just simply just someone to talk to. And that was kind of really confronting considering we're in a, a, an age of social connectedness from devices in our hand, but never before have we felt more alone. So if you do find yourself in there, that can be quite detrimental. And so a big part of the the book was focusing in on, well, okay, if you are in that situation, and there's plenty of us who've been there, where for whatever reason, social circles have disrupted, and that could just be simply by you've moved cities for for jobs or what have you, how you can actually nurture and, and get those back. So it was really a moment to stop and pause because it was like, okay, wow, you know, you wouldn't have thought that people do feel that lonely, but it was also an incredibly important part that people wanted to foster. So, yeah, really, really interesting. They're quite quite different in terms of the strategies around that, but um, did spend a lot of time looking at how someone can rejuvenate their love relationship, but also how can someone without a, a broad social circle could actually start enhancing and expanding their circle. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. As far as expanding circles are concerned, and again, this sort of, this goes back to the 11 points of the life areas that you were talking about. Yeah. When we're looking at, for example, I know some people which their circle of friends are literally just work-related, um, career-related. Um, it's just at work. And it's just people I see at work, people I see on the way to work, and it's just, that's it. And just, I'm not sure if you have much to say on this particular topic, but just from personal experience, you know, all I can say is um, there's nothing more powerful than having friends in different circles um, or different areas because it's like, you know, it's just like anything. It's like if you, if you get over work or you're having a bad week at work and you're just hanging out with friends at work, it's normally not going to fix the issue because it's you're either going to just end up talking about work stuff or complaining about work things. Um, normally, that person's probably the person that's actually given you the bad week or you know created the bad week for you. <laughs> uh, so, if, just from personal experience, I've got friends in different areas. I've got, obviously I've got work related friends or industry related, I should say, and then I've got different circles and mm. they have nothing to do with work, you know. And I, personally, I love that because it just means that when I'm hanging out with a particular friend. We're not going to talk about something that I just spoke, I've been talking about all week to someone else. Yeah, I think um, you're right in terms of like I've had little subsets of friends and not all of us are as fortunate to have those lifelong friends. These are kids that you went to to kinder, kindergarten with and, and they're still your friends 30, 40 years later. I mean, not all of us have that. It's really interesting in terms of those alignments. So you sort of singled out work. Uh, I have the group of, of gym friends, so people that you went to gym or go to gym with and train with. And it's really interesting, like you're there at the gym, it's all happy and you'll catch up for coffee afterwards, maybe do some training outside. But it's it's really interesting to see that 
the facets of the relationship might might only be that one dimension. And it's not until you explore a little bit further that you say, do we actually have other things in common? Um, and if you know yourself and you know what you enjoy, and, and that's always the first steps to towards a more confident, more nurturing view of yourself, then you can really quickly pick up those alignments and foster um, and deepen those acquaintance into friendships. So you've got to be proactive um, to make the first move. So not everyone in the work social circle is going to be your cup of tea, but they're people that you get along well with famously for those eight hours a day and similar with any other your other cohorts. And I think um, my advice and what, what just talked about in the book is identifying where you do have those different cohorts of friends, the commonalities that you may have with certain individuals in there and how do you take it up to the next step of, of um, fostering a, a deeper relationship more than just that one-dimensional thing that you have in common. So, yeah, I think that the more you can the, the foster new people in your life and new things to do, you find new discoveries about yourself and others and, and that leads to this sort of ever-expanding circle if you choose to do that um, of friends or solidifies it into the core group of friends that um, they're the ones that are going to continue to be with you, that continue to have the similar values to yourself, uh, similarly aligned in life stages, etc. You know, you might be the Seinfeld characters and it's just the the four of, four of you. Um, but, you know, it's a lot of us realise that we'd want more diversity in that and, and actually benefit um, from a whole person point of view for ourselves of having having multiple groups. But there's, there's nothing wrong with having those close friendships that have endured, endured the length of time. It's all about choosing what sort of variety you'd like in your life. Or, or the Seinfeld group. There's nothing wrong with that either, like what you said. I've got about seven Kramers in my life. So it's, yeah, it's crazy enough as it is. And yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I find like today's episode, today's topic as well, um, living your dream life, you know, for me, it's something that many people have heard about. And I, one of our episodes from a few weeks back was living your passion. I did that with Keith Abraham and a few weeks before, before that was finding your why. And that was with Amy Jacobson. And I think we can talk about, there could be so much research, um, so many books, so many discussions about the topic, but I think at the end of the day, it goes back to sort of what you, what you've said to me before that it means something different to everyone and that it's, it's, it's okay if you don't know what your dream life is or what your why is, or, um, you know, as long as you're working on yourself and because there's going to be people listening to this. And even though I'm a financial advisor, which typically only helps people with money, we talk to people about these things all the time and it's never straightforward. And is there any advice that you'd give to somebody that's listening to this, that's thinking, yes, I don't have a balance. I just know it. I don't really know where to start. Um, I don't have many friends. I've got some, but I don't really feel like door knocking and trying to make friends with people <laughs> in the street. You know, what's, um, what advice would you give or what starting points would you personally like to share? Look, I think, it can be quite overwhelming because if you will list out your life areas and maybe simply looking at, okay, well, how do I feel about these aspects of my life? So, I mean, and this is simply like an exercise you could do on an exercise book and say, what's the life area? So, for example, it could be intellectual growth. I want to think more about the way I'm thinking about things, maybe learn and just open my horizons. So, this could be anything. This could be family, relationships, social circle what have you, whatever the life area is. And if you can simply sort of write down, you know, okay, well, how do I feel about this aspect of my life now? 
what would I want to have in, in, in the future? So therefore, then what would I need to do? What resources am I going to need? So I think that like if we're looking at intellectual growth as, as an example, so this is having the time to sort of sit there and say, you could say, okay, well, how do I feel about this? Oh, I'm, I'm really advanced that I keep a journal and I reflect on it. So I've got good clarity. Um, so if I could share that with someone that might elevate to the next level, or maybe I've never afforded myself the time to think about it. So there's too much clutter in my life to even worry about it. Or maybe I'm someone who's constantly got that negative voice in my head. So what do you want in the future? Okay, well, I've got this journal, but I want to be accountable to the process. Maybe I want to share this with someone. Maybe I need to do a course. So what do I need to do? I'm going to enlist someone to trust my thoughts with so they're verbalized or I might get on the same page with my partner. I, I want to grow intellectually. So I need now to resource it and set time aside to think about it. Maybe I can combine it into family time, social time. You know, you always see if we're talking about intellectual growth, you always see the ads for open uni on TV all the time. So maybe I'm going to make that call. Um, maybe I can look into what support and assistance I can get. So if you can apply that sort of methodology to any aspect of your life and, and I, I, you know, let's pick up on, on love and, and relationships as, as an example, if you're doing that there, you know, how do I feel about that aspect of my life? Well, maybe I'm in a relationship, but maybe I'm feeling a little bit in a rut or maybe I'm still searching for the one. So what do you want in the future? Okay, well, I want, want what everybody wants, you know, cherish every day to, to love and laugh and, and feel alive. Or if you're not with someone at the moment, maybe I do want to find that person who shares similar values and goals that we can seek together. So what do you do about it? Well, talk to your partner about reinvigorating every day, set priorities and non-negotiables, make a list of what we want to achieve as a couple. Um, but if you are single, you know, put yourself out there, talk to friends, expand your circle, take that chance. And so the resources that you need are time and courage to, with your partner to spell those things out and have the discussion together. So start with the really simple. And if you're single, okay, well, let's talk to my friends and family, write a bio for yourself and not necessarily put it online, but realize that you are absolutely worth it and you've got a lot to um, contribute and offer and give in a relationship. So it's all about this self-awareness piece about getting it down on paper. I always find that the best way. It's going where and how do I feel about this life aspect now and what do I want it to look like in the future? So what am I going to do about it? Um, and that was the, the main intent of, of all of these life areas so people could work through in, in this book that, that I've written is work through at the end of each chapter once you understand the, the psychology behind a life area, the psychological and physiological benefits um, that you can get out of enhancing that life area, assess how you feel and then decide if that's a priority life area for you. I just think planning. It's, it's taking that time out to, to think about things. Yeah, and, and taking that time out could literally just be saying when I'm getting home today from work, I'm going to spend one hour and just sit down and, and take out a pen and paper and just list these areas and or could be just saying that I'm going to block out a whole weekend to just do nothing, talk to no one, but just focus on these things. But you're right, taking time out because it's like, again, when we're constantly working and doing things in life and crazy and family and work and all these different things that are happening, it's we forget to do that to just stop and just take that time out and reflect and it's understanding what boundaries you need to have and i'm sure you've we've all done this in terms of 
the encroachment of, of work on our lives, as an example. And I found myself the other day rushing out of the house to, to get the bus, get the public transport into, into work. And um, I knew exactly what time I needed to, to be at the bus stop to get the bus to to get into what I, the time I wanted to arrive at work. And as I was going to the door, my two-year-old walked up with a book in his hands and just held it out, just a little picture book, and just held it out. And at that moment, you know, there's your choice. There's the boundary. Do you let work encroach on that or is that a moment? And it's recognising those moments. And for me, irrespective of the pressure that I felt to, to go to work, whatever expectations I'd set on myself for that, whatever expectations I may have had, it meant I was going to sit down on the floor and go through that book. And after five minutes, he was bored anyway. So I still, I still was able to get to the bus stop, but it was such a, such a moment because I could have just gone, yelled out to Kate and said, Kate, grab Sterling. I've got to go and miss that moment. And I think there's all of those moments every day for us. And it's about the boundary that you want to set. And I think if you're really clear on that, what, what sort of areas of your life that are important, then it's easier to set those boundaries. So I think that's a, that's a good lesson for all of us. hundred percent. And, and speaking of books, if somebody wanted to get a copy of your book, what's, where's the, and if they wanted to get in contact with you as well, uh, what's the best website to visit or the best place to go to do that? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I always look for a bargain. <laughs> so if you, if you just simply Googled live your dream life, maximizing happiness and balance, and if you put my name, Andy Marshall, it'll come up and you have all of these different outlets from Amazon, Kogan, Dick Smith, Angus and Robinson, Fishpond, whatever. Um, they'll all be there. And I, I think there's a, there's some great deals going on. I'll always look for the deal depending on what type of Amazon or Kogan customer you are, whether you're a prime or Kogan first, I think it's called. Um, you can probably get a really good deal on it. So look for the bargain, but that's the easiest way to find it. And you know, if anyone wanted to get in contact with me and, and explore a little bit more, there's the, the Living Your Dream Life uh, website, um, but there's also Andy at livingyourdreamlife.org, um, which is my contact, and, you know, more than happy to give people tips and, and techniques on different life areas. Thank you, Andy. And honestly, your passion is 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 very obvious, you know, when you talk about the topic, and it's it's been an absolute pleasure to have you with us today. One last thing, I like to finish all my episodes off with a dad joke. Um, and this one has a little bit to do with relationships in a way. <laughs> but um, what would, uh, why do people enjoy being around volcanoes? I don't know. You tell me. Because they're just so lovable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I know. You know, know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retell this now. So oh, I will please, we'll put please. a footnote credit. Please, I think every dad, every dad I actually talk to, just yeah, it's just adds it to their library. It's like, yep, that's it. That's oh. next week's joke. But we need it. We need it. Otherwise, what else are we good at apart from that and reading books to our kids? Thank you so much, Andy. So I really appreciate your time. And um, again, please, if anyone hasn't read the book, please do and um, touch base with Andy if you if you feel the need to. He's uh, such an inspiration. Um, really appreciate your time. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you, and thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for joining us on Sharing More Than The Sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases and feel free to share this episode 
with any friends or family that you think it might benefit. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.